0: Previously on Fantasy Focus. I'm Field, he's Daniel, and in the middle of us is Mike. Daniel, before I even say hello to Mike, I just have to acknowledge what a snazzy, awesome shirt that is you're wearing oh, right now. Oh, Phil,
1: thank you so much. Yeah. I felt like seeing as how Mike was going to be here, I wanted to dress up a little bit nicer because right. last time he dragged us through the mud about how we looked. Whoa, with a, how, I
2: complimented your Dan Flash's shirt. Did they pay you to take <laughs> that shirt off the rack, Mike? Literally, literally zero <laughs> patterns on the shirt or my or jeans or really yeah, my shoes. Yeah, you showed
1: up just looking as bland as possible today. Wow. Well, this is awkward. Step my game.
0: This is really awkward. Um, all right, what'd you guys oh, you know what? What'd oh, you, you know something? Today? Shoot. It just dawned on me. Oh. I have two Mike Clays on my phone. That's what it and is. And I must have group messaged the other one last night. Shoot. When we were talking about dress code for the show.
1: Oh, for those that don't know this, welcome into Fantasy Focus. Today's show is presented by Geico. See all the ways that you could switch to Geico and save field. We are dressed looking really nice, clean. Yeah.
0: Yes. You know, it, You know, fashion has many different forms. Yeah. But there is something in simplicity. Yes. that, that that's, it, It's a confidence you must bring along with that simplicity to really own it. And so you and I decided to go for the all clean white tee, jeans with a white shirt. I mean, white shoes. Mike. What? I, I am all preparing right. for you to say, like, welcome <sighs> to Good Burger, home of the Good Burger. Yeah. May I take your order?
2: No, what I'm going to say is, <laughs> what I'm going to say is. 55 burgers, 55 fries, 55 tacos, 55 pies, 150 tots, uh, hundred fifty five st- taters.
0: That'll be $680. I have, the, got the guy behind me got it.
1: I have finally <laughs> officially watched that skit Like now. 10 minutes ago. 10 yeah. minutes before the start of the show. I think you should leave. That was hilarious. Mike, just for the people at home, Field and I, again, we're wearing white shirts, nice blue jeans, and some white kicks. You've mm-hmm. got on a shirt that's got burgers and fries on it?
2: I do. This is my beach shirt. It's my party shirt. shirt, take it out to a picnic. Yeah. So I, I bring to the table, right? So how, like, how
0: often do you wear that shirt? Truthfully?
2: I, uh, if I'm like, okay, so here's what I do. If I'm going to go swimming, yeah. I'm going to go like, I don't know, to the neighbors, go swimming, something like that. go to the yeah. beach yeah. and I put a bathing suit on. This is my go-to, this is my go-to shirt. Oh, okay. So I don't know, 10, 12 times a year. You're not that's
0: one of I those mean? guys that wears a t shirt into the water, are you?
2: Absolutely not. You okay. Oh, that's like, right. I, I'm like, talking like, to Mike Clay. Are you of course like, not. Uh, <laughs> have you heard that I've been working out? <laughs> like, yeah. Did, I yeah. Did I see those videos last year from Mike's hide pool? These, these guns? Yeah. To do right. that?
0: yeah. No? Wow. No. All right. Uh, Big show today. Yeah. We're going to be discussing burgers, fries, and the best way to, the best accompaniment for your fries. Oh, ketchup not, is obviously number one, yeah, but if I it's not ketchup, I, what's number two? No. We'll discuss. That was going around Twitter recently. We can discuss that All more right. a little bit later on in the show. We've got an edit, a AFC South preview, and later on in the show, we are going to reveal the draft order for the <gasps> fantasy yes. football oh, yeah. marathon draft Tuesday night, 7 p.m., Eastern time. We've got 10 teams. We're going to reveal the order in full. No major news today. So we're going to start with the AFC South. And Daniel, we begin with the Jacksonville Jaguars.
1: Yes, we do. As a reminder, just go back. If you have not kept, caught, catched, I almost said catch. If you've not caught catched it? any of the other, if yes. you've not caught any of the other shows that we have done, uh, all the other AFC conferences we have gone through, it has been a ton of fun. Today, like you said, AFC South Field. The Jaguars were nine and eight last year. Mm -hmm. Nine and eight, plus fifty four point differential. You love to see that on offense. They're scoring points. Here is my big question. Trevor Lawrence, feels like the script writes itself, Mike Clay.
0: Well, the NFL is is scripted.
1: scripted. Well, I have I have heard that's all right. You're right. You're right. But you haven't heard it. It's 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 true. That's just what it is.
0: It's a fact, yeah.
1: Quarterback 23 in total points as a rookie. Second year comes around, we see a big jump. Mm -hmm. Quarterback 7 in total points last year, averaging 17.4 points per game. Now he adds another major weapon to this offense in Calvin Ridley, which raises expectations for all of us across the board field. There is one question about Trevor Lawrence this year. Okay. Why did he turn down season two of quarterback on Netflix?
0: Oh, is that confirmed? that he turned it down? Yeah. What's That's up with so that? Lame. That would have been so much fun. Mm-hmm. That would have been fun. Um, we have some time to convince him to do that. Yeah. The other question is, is he the best value amongst all quarterbacks? And I might make the case that he is
1: eighth round really? ADP okay. right now. Yeah.
0: So I think he is amongst, if not the best, he is certainly amongst the best values in quarterbacks. And we'll talk about this more in the contract of another AFC mm. South quarterback in just a little bit. But mm. I would argue that this year there are eight quarterbacks that I feel like are elite. And I would be very surprised if they did not have an awesome season this year. Trevor Lawrence is amongst those eight quarterbacks. His current ADP is, as Daniel just mentioned, on ESPN in the eighth round. A player who had over 4,000 passing yards last year, who had 25 passing touchdowns, who had 62 rushing attempts, and is a very, very good athlete who should be in an offense that is even better this season, not just because of the addition of Calvin Ridley, but also Trevor Lawrence is young enough that like we expect him to get better and better and oh, better yeah. from year two into year three, getting a guy who could finish as a top five quarterback in the eighth round right now, to me feels like an incredible value. Maybe my favorite quarterback value, regardless of where you are taking a player.
2: Yeah. Wow. Interesting. I, th- I think that's fine because of that ceiling that he has adds value with his legs as well. My only pushback. Well, I'd say two things. First of all, we need more consistent play, right? He was extremely boom bust last season. Had but a couple down of the huge stretch, games. Got Awesome. Yeah. yeah, he really did. Um, Obviously, adding Ridley could help with that. Going into your third year could help with that. Um, I mean, the only reason I kind of pass on him in drafts is because there's other values around him, including a guy we talked about yesterday, Watson, who's going a couple rounds later in a a lot of formats. So that's that's really the only pushback I could give. But you're right. There's no doubt he's one of those guys in that range that has that top five upset. He
0: did go bonkers in like basically the last five weeks of the season with, with one dud in there, I suppose. Mm -hmm. But Remember Jacksonville at the late portion of last season got into this weird, like we don't necessarily. So week 17, which is normally when you see team like in prior years, week 17 was when everybody sat because there only were 17 Mm -hmm. weeks. Right. Last year, I think it was Jacksonville and Tennessee had week 17 where, like, no matter what happened, if I'm not mistaken, they were both going to play each other in week 18 mm-hmm. with a division on the line. But weeks 14, 15, 16 last year for Trevor 368 passing with three touchdowns plus a rushing touchdown, 318 passing with four touchdowns plus 21 rushing yards, and then 229 uh, passing yards in week uh, 16 with 51 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown as well. So uh, he wow. hit. That Dallas strike.
2: and the Jets on that Yeah, it was too? Dallas Jets
0: and Titans. A good a good Titans yeah. defense last year. I know they were injured, but a good Titans defense like against real competition. And I thought that Trevor Lawrence and then obviously he played in the playoffs as well. And I thought that those were two pretty darn impressive performances. Mm-hmm. Certainly the second half of the Chargers game was incredible and yeah. that Chiefs game, you know, the Chiefs have played much better defense in the playoffs uh, in recent years and during the early portion of the regular season, but I thought that Trevor there's a lot of reasons to believe that last year could have been the beginning of the jumping off point for him this season. So I expect a monster season, and I love the value in the eighth round.
1: Yeah, I'm totally with you and think someone that you can grab if you want to wait on the QB position field. Part of the reason why he was so good last year was the fact that they added a wide receiver for him to be able to get the ball to. We actually kind of took some shots last year at Christian Kirk with that four-year, $72 million deal. We were like, wow, that's a lot of money for Christian Kirk. Guess what he did? freaking delivered. Yeah, he was For the Jacksonville Jaguars last year. Did not let them down. Career highs in targets, receptions, receiving yards, receiving touchdowns. Those are all the ways you score points at the wide receiver position, guys. That's true. Factually true. Finished as wide receiver 18 last year, but now, in spite of all that excitement, Mm -hmm. Calvin Ridley joins this wide receiving core, Mike. So how are you breaking down these two wide receivers knowing that Christian Kirk was an awesome top 20 wide receiver last year? Yeah,
2: so I have Ridley at 21 in my wide receiver ranks, Kirk down to 34. So I Mm, do expect him to drop off now his first four seasons in the league he was in an Arizona he was not top 25 in fantasy points or targets in any of those seasons it was last year somewhat by you know they were kind of forced like he was yeah. the number one receiver there it was a Jones was a two and he was pretty good as well but yeah. he, he he had to handle a lot of targets as well in a Doug Peterson offense that leans on the pass. so look I still think he's going to be in the weekly starting conversation fantasy but it's reasonable expect to expect his numbers to come back to earth a little bit with Calvin Ridley seemingly set to demand a lot of targets. Like, by all accounts, he has been elite in practice so far, right? There's really any concerns we had kind of throughout the offseason about Ridley, and, you know, he's only had one really good season, he's missed a lot of time with injury, and he's now 28, and he's missed a season and a half. They've kind of been put to bed, right? It it seems like we don't really have to worry about those things. So if Ridley's the one, Kirk's going to see a little bit of a drop-off here. Yeah,
0: I have Ridley as wide receiver 21. So uh, you said 21 for you as
2: well, right, Mike? Ridley 21. Yeah, yeah.
0: 21 for me as well. Identical there and Christian Kirk wide receiver 33. So we're just Mm -hmm. one spot up there. We see these two players very similarly. The interesting part about the Calvin Ridley addition, the trade took place obviously at the deadline last year, but everything like fits so seamlessly for Jacksonville last season, right? Like Kirk handled his role extremely well. Mm -hmm. Jay Jones handled his role extremely well. Evan Ingram really good in his role. And so in some ways, like disrupting that you're like, Oh, but it was so like, it all kind of fit together perfectly. Yeah. But when you have the chance to acquire Calvin Ridley for what basically amounts to pennies on the dollar, given the circumstances surrounding the trade, you have to do it. And so you have to make a decision here. Do you bet on what you've seen in the most recent year? in the same system, in the same offense, same coach, or do you just bet on the upside of Calvin Ridley? And that's what I keep Mm -hmm. coming back to is that this was a player who prior to his injury in his final season with the Falcons that he was playing was one of the five or eight best wide receivers in the NFL. Mm -hmm. And obviously circumstances led to a full season away after he bet on, he he made, you know, I obviously violated the gambling policy, but such a good player, such a talented receiver to add to this offense. And we have seen in recent off seasons where a wide receiver trade has resulted in not just the quarterback making that quantum leap but in a lot of cases the wide receiver making that big leap as well stevon Diggs became a better player in buffalo aj brown became the best He's version of himself in philadelphia yep. mm-hmm. maybe this is the next in that line of great receiver trades that end up boosting the receiver's value even if the quarterback upgrade or downgrade is a little bit less clear like who thought that Tyreek Hill is going to have a better season than ever with Tua. It turned out he did. I feel like Calvin Ridley could be the next great receiver who got traded.
2: By the way, uh, props to you. You were way ahead on Ridley. You had the optimism back in like February, March. So, but I just saw our rankings, like where we each have really ranked. So yeah. why do you hate Calvin Ridley? The lowest it, among the three? On a, what what it, happened? You know what's why tough about him?
1: that? I, li- I really like Calvin Ridley. It's <laughs> Not just enough. Apparently. everybody else is getting up to where <laughs> I'm at as well. I'm as wide receiver 23. You know what? Stufffield and I have talked about this. Mm. There's 30 top 20 wide receivers this right. year. Mm-hmm. There right? yeah. are. I, I can make a chance for all 30 of the top 30 to be inside the top 20 because right. of different reasons. So it's, it's really tough to figure out. Christian Kirk is one of those guys that bums me out too because he was so good last year. Mm. I loved seeing him. And it's yeah. like, man, I just can't find a way to get him higher in my wide receiver ranking list. He could absolutely with, with Trevor Lawrence potentially taking another step here in his third Mm -hmm. year, wouldn't shock me if you have two top 25 wide receivers from this Jaguars offense, yeah. but I'm excited to see what Calvin Ridley brings to the team as well as what we already know we have with Christian Kirk.
0: I think one thing about Kirk, and I'd be curious if you guys disagree is that there was a certain consistency to him last year that made him really, really valuable. Like regardless of where he ended at the end of the season, like his target share was seemingly so consistent week after week after week. I sense a more volatile season ahead for Christian Kirk, just because not only is Calvin Ridley there, but Evan Ingram at the end of last year became a better player than he was for the first half of the season. It may not be that you're getting sort of as smooth of a sale with Christian Kirk this mm-hmm. year as you were last year. So uh, we're going to talk about Travis Etienne in a
1: second, but can we just talk about Evan Ingram right now? Seems while well we're talking about these pass catchers. Yeah, speaking Mike, well, of yeah. boom bust performances. Uh, yeah. So yeah. he was like solid as a pass catcher. If you look at the end of the year, right, Mike? And yeah. Let's, here's the thing. Last year, tight end seven. Finished with career highs in receptions, career highs in receiving yards, but there are two main things that make me worried. One, it's the addition of Calvin Ridley mm-hmm. because there's someone else that's going to take targets away from yeah. that. That's 25 percent of the targets should go to Ridley. Absolutely. Imagine. Yeah. And then he's not a touchdown maker. Nope. When you're not a touchdown maker and you're a guy that relies on those that volume for your fantasy volume for your fantasy points, and Calvin Ridley comes in, it's like inherently there's going to be slightly less. Value to Evan Ingram, so I still have him as a tight end one, but he's towards the back end of my tight end one tier.
2: Yeah, that's interesting because once you get past the elite tight ends, one of the reasons they're appealing is because they score touchdowns. Whereas, like you get into the Ingram, Dallas Goddard, and Goddard, and before last year, Kittle, those guys don't score more than like four, five, six touchdowns, right? So, I don't know if we have to like once you get into that range, you don't have to worry too much about it because none of them are really going to score. He
1: had four last year. That was the second highest number of touchdowns in Evan Ingham's
2: career. Yeah, he, he just six as a rookie. It's been yeah. a while, too. Um, and But anyway, to your point, the other thing is he did, like, all of his damage in four games. From weeks 13 to 16, he had 48.5% of his fantasy points for the wow. season, almost half of them. He was the number one scoring tight end in fantasy those weeks, more than, yes, Travis Kelsey. The other 13 weeks of the season, he was 25th, not wow. even a number two tight end. So it's going to have to be more consistent. And will it be with... I mean, does he even have that stretch like that with uh, Calvin Ridley there? I I don't know. So would not surprise me at all if he falls off a little bit.
0: Yeah, four games was just one catch last year for Evan. Ingram, Exactly one catch in Mm -hmm. four games for Ingram. Um, We're saying these things that if you listen to them, make it seem like a negative stance towards Evan Ingram. And then you realize a lot of the things that we're saying apply to like Basically all but five tight ends. Yes, Yes. right. Because you're sitting here and you're talking about like, all right, so David Njoku, like I don't think it was quite as much of a dry spell last year for Njoku, but I was looking up last season, one, two games with one catch, one, two, two games with two catches, right? Like you have to expect that some of these players who aren't going to lead their team in targets are going to have a few games that make their season long value and impact feel greater than it actually is. It just, maybe it's a reminder that if you don't want to deal with this tight end position all throughout the year, Grab one early. Mm-hmm. maybe you pay the premium on one of the first five or six guys. Yeah.
2: I was thinking about that yesterday. Cause I took Mark Andrews in a slow draft and yeah. I'm thinking like now I, like you also free up a roster spot, right? Like I know every week I'm starting Mark Andrews, yes. right? If yep. I wait until the end and it's like in that Ingram and Joe, like I might want to keep a second guy, like go be a totally. go harder after an old or something it gives you more roster flexibility. It's even more, uh, it makes it even more appealing to take one of them top tight ends. I don't think it's just that. I think the idea, I was talking with Not Cool Keith about this a couple
1: of days ago. Tight end is one of the hardest positions to draft based on what you perceive as value because you only start one of them a week. Mm-hmm. We all love grabbing running backs and wide receivers. And if you grab one of the guys at the top, it's like, cool. I don't ever have to worry about the position the rest of the draft. I can just take all the good guys. Yeah. But when you're driving, grabbing a tight end, it's like, shoot. Is it better for me to get one of these like mid-tier tight end ones or one of these wide receivers or running backs? Shoot, is it better for me to wait on tight end and get one of these guys? I think the value is just harder to figure out. And when you take an Andrews or a Kelsey, it frees up the entire thought process because now you're just taking best players for the rest of the draft. Yeah, I, don't look-
2: even, I don't even think I'll look at tight end again the rest of this draft. Correct. I'll just go in with one tight end and... Uh- by week, I'll grab somebody, or I'll I'll put in a big claim for Isaiah Likely if Andrews gets hurt. Sure, and that's it. You know, I'm I'm done there.
0: The last thing that I'll say to sort of further cement the point you guys are both making is that if you don't take a lock it in tight end and you end up with one of these question mark tight ends, it's really hard to know when do you pull the plug on that guy, uh-huh. right? Because like, okay, if if there's a world in which you take David and Joku, he comes out of the gate slow, and by the way, Chico Conkle has like three straight games with six catches, that's easy, right? right. But more likely, it's like, oh, man, what do I do with David Njoku? Like, do I turn to Dalton Schultz, who has uh, in three games, 11 catches? Mm -hmm. Do I go to Mike Kosicki, who had that two touchdown game in week two, but otherwise has Has four total catches, right? So it's just not as simple as, all right, if quarterbacks different, right? We feel like if you kind of miss on your quarterback, there are going to be more certain options that you can count on it's hard at tight end to find a certain option. Another reason why Travis Kelsey firmly belongs in that conversation for one of the first five picks. Oh, yeah. five By the way,
2: because probably the most likely player in the NFL to score two touchdowns in week one against the Eagles and then not score till week 12. Right? Like he's probably the probably. most likely yeah. player to do yeah. that. That's uh, a great call. Yeah.
0: But, uh, th- th- but he is emblematic of the tight end position yeah. as a whole. <laughs> Let's All end right. up on Travis Etienne.
1: Yeah, this is a really, this is an interesting one field. Outlook for it Travis Etienne heading into his third year, really yep. his second year, but it's his third year. Finishes running back 23 in points per game last year, running back 17 in total points. A lot of community talk this off season about, can we get Travis Etienne more passing game work? Mm-hmm. Can he have more receptions? Can he take that next step to vault into that top tier of running backs field? And then all of a sudden, a big hype train called Tanks Bigsby just yeah. came along and has been running all offseason. And it's not just because his name is Tank, yeah. but like there's been a lot about this. How are you approaching Travis ET and understanding that there is some rookie hype for this later round rookie named Tank Bigsby?
2: Is he yeah, gonna
0: he's RB11 for me, which that's
2: high these days. Yeah, yeah it is. Falling. It's
0: right. It's yeah. he's starting to fall for the aforementioned Tank biz, tank Bigsby hype that is, I think, driving that fall. Yeah. Um, if you told me that Travis Etienne was not going to be a high volume pass catcher, which was one of his tremendous strengths in college, I would have told you, okay, well, maybe they just turn him into this every down back who was going to get elite goal line usage. Yeah. It sounds like all of a sudden they have a player in Tank Bixby who can be their finisher at the goal line. Mm-hmm. Not to say that Etienne will not get goal line work, but it is worth noting that prior to last year, I'm sorry. Prior, prior to James Robinson being traded to the Jets last season, ETN received 46% of the team's goal line, goal to go rushing attempts. After James Robinson was traded, that number jumped from 46% to 65%. Oh, yeah. okay. So the path was a lot clearer for him to get some touchdown upside, even though he only had five rushing touchdowns. Now you have Tank Bixby in the picture, and it feels like the rushing touchdown upside is lower for ETN. And They've already added Calvin Ridley. I don't know what would incentivize the Jaguars to make ETN a much bigger part of their passing game, because it's not like this skill was discovered this offseason. right? We have long known that ETN is an incredible pass catcher. So I think there's a part of me that entered the offseason thinking like, can I jam Travis ETN to my top eight running backs? And I think the forces of tank Bigsby's arrival and the fact that that passing game utilization probably won't be elite has driven him down to a fringe RB1. Yeah,
2: so two things. Uh, first on the touchdowns, to your point, he only scored, what was at five? He had five touchdowns outside yeah. the top 30, running back, very unlucky, right? To your point, he had okay. a lot of goal line work. He should have been closer to nine touchdowns. Yeah. He's one of those guys, one of the regression candidates in the touchdown department. So the point of saying that is, even if he's not their primary goal line back, he could actually lose half of his goal line work and still match his touchdown total from last year, from at, last least, year. at least. <laughs> the other part is, for me, it comes down to, I believe in the talent here. I mean, he was in absurdly efficient at Clemson, like off the charts prospect, right? He scored then, a
0: touchdown in more games than any player in NCAA history. Yeah, and I not, it was 44 yeah. different games. He scored at least one touchdown.
2: Yeah, that's wow. incredible. Not to mention his efficiency, just like after contact, eluding tacklers, that yeah. kind of thing. And that carried over last year. He was top 10 in yards per carry. Yeah, running back, and he was fourth at running back in yards per target. Yeah. So he was delivering when they did target him as well. So I just... He's twenty-four. I mean, he's twenty-four. He's entering his prime. He's one of the most best raw talent running backs I think in the NFL. So. I'm glad his ADP's falling. I'm drafting him a lot. I'm yeah. gonna have him, I trade you traded me him in our dynasty league, right? So I'm collecting as much ETN as I can, and it's pretty much just based on I think he's going to take the reins of that job because he actually is really good. Yeah, I
0: guess. Yeah. And so in summary, like I think there's a temptation to want to have him even higher in my ranks, and maybe Mike is right. Like maybe the drop is too precipitous. I have him as RB11, so I guess I'm optimistic on him. But like, not <laughs> the lowest. Somewhere. Yeah, I know you're the lowest. You, you hate <laughs> well, I'm him. so high you, for the yeah, industry right now yeah, yeah, for the industry. He yeah. is falling though. I a mean, you can bit. get yeah. him like the tank fourth round. hype yeah, is very, very real, yeah. and uh, I did note that, like, Press Taylor, their offensive coordinator, made comments recently. I know that our buddy Josh Norris has, has shared these, that it was either Tank Bigsby is, like, awesome at finishing drives, or more like Travis Etienne, like maybe we need to fade a little bit of those touches from him just to preserve him in other aspects of the offense. So, mm-hmm, sure. interesting player. I think probably appropriately slotted now as a fringe RB1. All
1: right, we'll talk about the Jags' record at the end of the show, but we're going to move on to the Indianapolis Colts. Last year, ugh, 4 12 and 1. That's bad. Terrible. Really bad. Minus yep. 138 point differential. What did they go out and do? They used the number four overall pick on the elite quarterback prospect that is Anthony Richardson, a total wild card in fantasy this year. Field Yates, we've talked about this. This has been really tough for me. In a 10 or 12 team league, mm-hmm. Anthony Richardson has so much upside with his legs and so much question, so many question marks with his arm. So in a 10 or 12 team league, what's the scenario in which you would draft
0: Anthony Richardson this year in fantasy? You have to have a plan. Let me start there. Uh, Anthony Richardson might be the most vexing player of all quarterbacks in fantasy football because there's a chance that he has a top eight finish this season. We know the path for that. If he gets elite rushing utilization, I had the great folks over at SIG ESPN stats and information group pull over the past 10 seasons, every quarterback with 125 or more rushing attempts and where they finished in fantasy points per game without naming the players. I'll just name the finish first fifth. Sixth, ninth, fourth, 18th, 17th, first, 33rd. Should note though, that was Lamar Jackson when he was playing a part time role yeah, as right. a rookie. Only right.
2: like four starts, yeah.
0: Fourth and first. Those players averaged 18. I'm sorry, uh, Lamar averaged 18.6 points per game after becoming the starter, which would have had oh, yeah, a 13. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah, so it
0: like um, put it this way if you look over the past 10 years, you've had one quarterback who had more than 125 carries who was not a top 15 quarterback on a fantasy points per game metric. So mm-hmm. it's pretty obvious that if the Colts let Anthony Richardson run the ball a ton, there's a very, very clear pathway to him having a top eight or 10 fantasy mm-hmm. finish this season. That being said, what we don't know right now is exactly how the Colts are going to deploy yeah. Anthony Richardson right out of the gates. Heck, I think I know what the answer is. The Colts aren't even naming him the starter for week one of the regular season yet. I think we all think he's going to start that first game, but there are a couple of things that are like leaving us not quite ready to be all in on the idea that you're getting 17 games of Anthony Richardson as the starter, and that they're going to run him a ton. I will point you to an example that right now seems crazy, but two years ago when the bears had Justin Fields, they did not rely upon him Mm -hmm. as a rusher nearly as much as they did last year. Right it seems ridiculous that any team would see Justin Fields' athletic ability and not let him run like he did last season. Mm-hmm. But two years ago, the bears didn't now you can make your Matt Nagy jokes right now. And I get it. I will just say that there is oftentimes these, these two forces that are pulling against coaches on the one hand, this guy might be the most athletic quarterback we have ever seen coming out in Anthony Richardson. On the other hand, no player is more important to the Colts turnaround than Anthony Richardson going forward. How protective do you want to be of a guy who even with that kind of body armor, we have seen that over the long haul, quarterbacks who take a million hits tend to have a shorter shelf life. Yeah, I'm
1: with with you. Nowhere in there, though, was the how are you drafting him in a 10 or 12 team league? (laughs) Thanks for nothing. So we'll talk
0: about that now. Okay, so you want to take it first?
2: Uh, Well, I I was just going to add on a little bit, which is uh, we have, you know, I I think a lot of people said, okay, this is a guy that could carry the ball 100, 130 times over a full season if he starts. Uh, So we have to just, like, rank them top 12, right? These guys always finish. If you run a lot, you're going to... But, you know, we have examples recently of these these guys being very inconsistent or not working out. Trey Lance is one of them guys that... Same kind of thing. Everyone was like, he's going to run so much. He didn't start for a long time. And when he did, he was iffy in fantasy. He wasn't Mm -hmm. that great, Right. Um, and then, a uh, field, same thing. Like he had that spurt last year where he, even in his second year, right. Where he was really the good first month. He was terrible. Yeah. He, early in the season. He wasn't very good and down the stretch late too the last couple of weeks of the season. Totally. he's not good. So there's no doubt about it. And that's, that's why we're kind of hedging on this, but yeah, look, if he's named the starter and he's, a, he's even below average as a passer, he's yeah, he's probably going to be a fantasy starter. Right. But we just don't know if he's going. So, so let's go back
0: to the strategy. So, Daniel, yes. I know you want to ask this here is my stance on it. I think you have to make a decision about what you want out of your quarterback position going into the draft. If you're looking for a player who has an elite ceiling and an elite floor, you're going to have to pay the freight for one of those top seven or eight or so quarterbacks, right? Mm -hmm. If you're looking for a quarterback who doesn't always have an elite ceiling, but has a pretty darn high floor then I think you're fine drafting a Dak Prescott, a Geno Smith, a Kirk Cousins, uh, Daniel Jones, who they could easily surpass 22, 23 fantasy points in a week, but they also might have you know, plenty of games with between 14 and 18 fantasy points. Yep. If you're comfortable with a quarterback who might get you 30 week one and might get you eight week two, then I think you're willing to roll the dice on Anthony Richardson. But what I would tell you is that you better have a plan in place if this is a slow start, if this is like Justin Fields, along those lines, Mike mentioned earlier how like, though you don't love carrying two tight ends on your roster, do you want to carry two quarterbacks on your roster? If you feel as though you have the roster space available to draft an Anthony Richardson and double up with Kirk Cousins, or one of these quarterbacks is going to go in rounds 13, 14, 15? I'm fine with that. But I think you have to have a plan in place with Anthony Richardson. It's not as simple as some of those first eight quarterbacks that we have already discussed in that elite tier.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's more appealing if you can trade for sure. Because I remember last year there was a league. It was a 14-teamer. I took Mahomes. He just fell a little bit. It was like, all right, I'll just get Mahomes. And then I was like, I love Trevor Lawrence as a breakout and I took him and I ended up dropping him because you know, he this start kind so,
1: starting him over Patrick. And, I, am, and I,
2: I didn't mention this. We couldn't trade in that league. It's a non trade. So it's, oh, it was a waste. Yeah. Like I would have held him and tried to trade him at that point, but it's like, why even keep him here for one week? I'm never going to use him, So it was just a waste of a, a bench spot. So know your league. And yeah, it kind of depends on a little, little bit of, Uh, you know, strategy based on what you did at the quarterback position. It's a lot easier if this is a 16-team league or if it's a dynasty
1: league. Those Anthony Richardson conversations become a lot clearer. But Mm -hmm. when you're talking 10 or 12-team leagues, understand where it's at field, I think it's just really valuable to say, if I draft one of those top three quarterbacks, if I grab one of those elite guys, there's no reason for me, based on what you just said, to get Anthony Richardson. I could be
0: completely fooled by this. I think that if Anthony Richardson finishes the season as like quarterback eight or nine, It's more because he figures it out along the way than it is week one Mm -hmm. gangbusters, 75 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown plus 200 passing yards. And we're like, oh my God, we completely overthought it all off season. This guy's the biggest freak in the NFL. Lock him in. I think the more likely scenario is first month kind of like, all right, this is a good reminder. This guy completed just 53% of his passes his final Mm -hmm. year in college. And oh, you know, the Colts are being a little bit conservative with him right now. If Jonathan Taylor's back, maybe Jonathan Taylor gets all the goal line work for Indianapolis. And then like Halloween, it's like, holy crap, this guy's the most exciting player in fantasy like Justin Fields was for that month stretch last year. So I think if he ends up as a quarterback, eight, nine, 10 finisher, it's probably because it starts as a roller coaster and then gets a little bit better over time.
2: Yeah, Yeah. by the way, if someone's going to just break our models and be like an elite like to say a top three fantasy quarterback immediately yeah as a rookie it's probably the greatest athletic prospect we've ever There's seen that seen. The position totally so that, agree. that really is <laughs> the appeal uh to take a shot on him
1: that's that's one of the really exciting things again it's especially as a rookie you haven't seen it yet but we've seen all the excitement we know everything that he did in college excited to see how he puts together here in the pros. Yeah, and,
0: and there are people that are like you know it's like dismissive of him that you would have him as quarterback 16 and it's like you know like If you want a sure thing at quarterback, I think there are like 14 or 15 guys that are pretty much sure things. The sure thing of like Dak Prescott is going to be solid, maybe not spectacular. Kirk Cousins, solid, but not spectacular. Guys that are higher up, like, you know, Lamar Jackson going to be elite, right? Like there's certainty associated with those players that with Anthony Richardson, you are not afforded. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I'm not starting in week one. No. Nope. I mean, if we ranked him top twelve in twelve team leagues, we're saying basically yeah. he's a starter. Yeah. So we knocked him down a few spots. I think that makes yeah. perfect. So
0: sense. like, you know, if you were to rank like the players amongst quarterbacks in week one that were most likely to have under 10 fantasy points, you're gonna get to like fifteen or sixteen quarterbacks Clayton before you get to Yeah, I mean he'll be number one, right? But it's like, you know, what if, if you told me like I only needed fifteen fantasy points in week one. That's yeah. all I needed. Who am I going to pick Anthony Richardson or Kirk cousins? Is the answer. Yeah. 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 That's just one way to think about
1: it. All right. Let's talk about the Jonathan Taylor situation for those who have not seen in case you were just catching up. Very, very public dispute between Jonathan Taylor, unfortunately, and the owner, Jim Ursay. Ursay waded into the running back conversation on Twitter. It did not help Mm -hmm. the situation in case anybody is wondering. Taylor currently on the PUP list. He has asked for a trade. Jim Ursay basically said, Nope, that's not going to happen. Coach Shane Steichen let everybody know if you do not see him out at, here at training camp, it is because he is rehabbing off-site. The mm-hmm. team now knows that. Very normal. Field, you mentioned this yesterday. Like this is a situation where you don't. You're not a month away from the start of the season, and you're rehabbing away from the team. So, given all of the things that has happened, this has obviously impacted our rankings of Taylor. How are you approaching him now that he is not working out with the team in Indianapolis? I moved
0: him down to the 19th overall player on my board, RB nine, by the way, I'm apparently optimistic relative to ESPN ADP because he's going 22nd overall. The race that you are now running is you're drafting a guy with one of your first two picks and he's not available for the first month or maybe even the first half of the season. Mm -hmm. It's rare that things get as nasty as they have between Jonathan Taylor and the Colts. You just have to decide. Are you one of those people that believes you can't win your league in the first two rounds of the draft, but you can lose it? If you do, and you potentially burn a pick on fire for half the season, it could set the rest of your roster back. So things turned this week for me with Jonathan Taylor. I have adjusted He could end up being the ultimate value. If like a week from now he's happy and all of a sudden he's back with the Colts or they pay him the money he deserves. Mm -hmm. And the guy has an incredible season because two years ago he was the face of fantasy football, but there's more risk now than at the beginning of this month in my opinion.
2: Yeah. And by the way, you said something interesting there. People are probably wondering about, I know they are, I've seen this, but this is different from the Le'Veon Bell situation where he sat out the whole season, right? Because if uh, you know, Bell could afford, you know, he could, it didn't really affect his contract situation or his free agency situation. Taylor, if he just sat out the whole year, would lose a year. Uh, you know, it'd be another year closer he to would unrestricted not free agent. That's the urgency There it is. Yeah, yeah. you uh,
0: have to play six games, and Taylor may say, "Fine, I'll play the final six games of the yeah. season." The other thing is that we, if we do have a discontent, Jonathan Taylor, let's say he does end up showing up in week eight, week nine, Hammy feels a little tight. Yeah. Be back at week 15. Does that count right? as a game accrued? It does. Yeah, as long as you're on the active roster. Okay. You don't have to play. You could play one snap. You could play every snap. You could play zero snaps. You could play 20 snaps. Doesn't matter. You have to be on the 53 man roster. And as long as Jonathan Taylor is available, man, coach, a little tight. A little tight. That's yeah. all, right? So uh, it's a disaster situation for the Colts right now. And nothing is more important for this franchise, as I said earlier, than Anthony Richardson progress. But a very close second is figuring this out with Jonathan Taylor because. I hate it when it's any player who's getting done like this, but a guy like Jonathan Taylor who has done everything right Mm -hmm. and been the best player on your offensive roster for the past three years, like be better than this Colts aim higher, be better, figure it out. Mm -hmm. All right. If we don't have Jonathan Taylor, then Michael Pittman
1: seems like the best skill position player here. Mm -hmm. Last year, Michael Pittman's fantasy value took a huge hit due to, and I'm calling it disgusting quarterback play. Is that fair guys? Um, I would
0: say that's probably a little generous. Uh,
1: It's like, that's not a thing that he can control, but it was awful last year. The Colts were outside the top 20 in passing yards, 29th in yards per attempt. Only 17 passing touchdowns on the season. One passing touchdown a game for the Colts. And now, now he gets Anthony Richardson who has one question mark in his game and it's his accuracy throwing the football completed 54.7% of his passes at Florida in college. He completed 54% in college. Mm -hmm. What's he going to do here in the pros now? This has nothing to do with Michael Pittman for me. I am, I don't want to say I'm out Mike. I think one of the things you helped me see last year is there are players that I shouldn't be out on, but understand eventually it's going to get to a good value where you can like them. DK Metcalf was one of those guys Mm -hmm. last year,
2: right? That's probably the Tampa receivers this year, I, right? Yeah, that's Godwin fair. and that's Evans fair. have fallen yep. so far. I don't
1: want to say that I'm out on Michael Pittman, but Michael Pittman is a guy that I am not going to target high because of the situation, not because of who he is. I just do not like Michael Pittman. He's currently
2: my wide receiver 33. Yeah, same for me. Uh, this has been my wide receiver bust the whole offseason, and his ADP is still hanging in there pretty high. And Wide receiver I 35
0: just, right now. He's
2: Yeah, well, I would say, again, I'm going to always be that guy that's like oh you know, live drafts, he's going to go earlier. Like, he's going maybe the fifth round of 12-teamers and, like, high-stakes leagues, that kind of thing. It's too early for me. And, you know, you just talked about... Uh, and again, remember, again, you're right. Two top 12s last year, outside the top, uh, what, 20 in points per game for the third straight year, right? Yep. He, he had a ton of volume, right? It's one of mm-hmm. the pass-heaviest offenses in the NFL because they had to throw a lot. He got all the targets, the routes, all, the, all of that was there, and he still was not good in fantasy. And you just talked about Richardson, right, and how his efficiency is a concern. We'll check this out. I've, I've used this once before. It was a few months ago. So I'll repeat okay. it. Colts quarterbacks last year. Okay. So we talked about how much they struggled. Yep. We're going to compare them to rookie round one quarterbacks over the last decade. So not just Richardson, but like all of them, That's even Herbert, so cool. like yep. the good ones oh, yeah. uh, last year, the Colts quarterbacks completed 65% of their passes round one quarterback, 61%. Okay. 6.4 yards per attempt for Colts quarterbacks last year, 6.7 for rookie round one quarterback. So very similar 17 passing touchdowns last year. Did the Colts have Yep. Uh, only eight quarterbacks in the last decade that were picked in the first round have exceeded 17 passing touchdowns. And by the way, only one of those eight crazy were over 250 rushing yards. I have the Colts offense projected for over 100 fewer pass attempts with Richardson in there compared to last year. Wow. It's a big problem for Pittman's volume here. I don't know. Like I can't. I've, I saw him with one of the top ten or twelve target shares right. among receivers, projected wise. But he's outside the top and thirty. Still is outside. There's just not enough here for him. I, yeah. I just don't. I don't see how it happens for him this year. He's a good player. He has a bright future. Someday, maybe we have him ranked top fifteen or twenty at receiver in fantasy. I don't think it's this year. Yep. I just don't see how it happens for him this year. I'm with you on that one. Let's talk Titans
0: in just a minute. But before we do that, Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Please. Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renter's coverage. Plus at an easy to use mobile app. Available 24 hour roadside assistance and more. And Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. All right, let's go to the Titans here. And Daniel, uh, DeAndre Hopkins is a player that has been discussed a lot on this podcast throughout the offseason as he was released by the Cardinals, Florida with the Patriots, eventually signed with the Titans. What's the value in this Titans offense?
1: Oh boy, this is, I don't want to say this is harder for me than I want it to be, but this is harder for me than I want it to be. Okay. I didn't want him to go to the Titans. This is not my preferred landing spot. Last year he came in, uh, <clears throat> he missed 15 games over the last two seasons. Last year he came in after having that suspension. Finishes wide receiver nine on a per game basis. The dude is still unreal. He had a 29% target share. He was top 10 in routes and receiving yards, top three in receptions. That included a week 16 game with Trace McSorley where he had 10, 10 targets for one catch and four yards, and he was still top 10 in points per game. My frustration is the fact that the Titans don't Throw the football to their wide receivers. I told you this stat. I don't know if you were here a couple of days ago. I told you this stat, Field. Over the first three years of A.J. Brown's career, he saw 10 targets six times in three seasons. Last year, DeAndre Hopkins, in missing the first six games, saw 10 targets seven times. So, I want to know, are the Titans going to do all the things differently that they didn't do with the superstar wide receiver and AJ Brown and make sure that they get Deandre Hopkins involved in this offense because it felt like it was a Derrick Henry led offense and everyone else just fell by the wayside. If nuke is not going to get those 10 targets, it's just not going to be the same for me. I still have him as a top 20 wide receiver. Ryan Tannehill should rely on him because he is the guy that is here. This offense only had 200 yard receiving games last season. So, uh-huh. I'm in on DeAndre Hopkins as a top 20 wide receiver, but there is some pause for me because I don't like the way this offense has handled wide receivers in the past. Yeah, and I
2: think. and Just really quick, I, I no, think you made a good point there. This is why we have him like 24th, 19th, 24th, and yeah. not like top 10, yeah. like right. we used to from DeAndre Hopkins, not to mention that he's now 31 years old. But right. yeah, I, I mean, we still think he's a starter and are going to see a big target share in this Absolutely. offense, but... Again, he's probably past his top 10 days just because of the situation. Yeah,
0: not all target shares are created equally, right? Over the past five seasons, the Titans have finished bottom five in completions in four years. The one exception was the year in which Derrick Henry got hurt, right? So obviously they're going to pass the whole the ball a whole lot more when Henry is not available to them, um, but Derrick Henry is by all accounts still King Henry, so he should be chugging along this year. He's actually been, Hopkins has, uh, a bit of a, uh, a regression candidate for me in my rankings. Like I've been moving him down as the offseason has wore on a little bit more and more and more, and I think the reason is twofold. Everything we've just discussed in terms of the volume and just the possibility that as I look at other players that i have ranked around deandre hopkins the chances of guys going up as opposed to the guys going down like they're just so many good young wide receivers yep. right that you're like the pathway to a top 15 receiver receiving season for them is a little more obvious to me than it is for deandre hopkins
2: by the way they have some Traylon burks guy and yeah. i don't know why this popped into my head, but i'm thinking like Remember how Roddy White was so good and then he started to, you know, get to the toward the end of his career and, and the Julio Jones jump? came yeah, along? Yeah. It's possible Traylon Burks is one of the next superstars in the league. And again, he's having a great offseason. It yep. looks like he's the guy moving up my ranking. So yeah. that could start to happen this year. And by the way, that... White and Julia were both really good in fantasy. They were in like the pass heaviest offense, one of the pass yeah. heaviest offenses in the last twenty years in the league for a while. There in Atlanta, a little different here yeah. in, in Tennessee. Kind of yeah.
0: reminds me of James Conner amongst wide receivers. Oh, interesting, right? Yeah. Like I think that um, like the volume should be enough to be reasonable value, but. There are probably 20 backs that I can find that have a much clearer upside than James Conner, even if I don't have 20 ranked ahead
1: of James Conner. Field, I want to just look at the, you mentioned this, right? The idea that maybe some of those guys are going up while DeAndre Hopkins is going down. Guys going around DeAndre DeAndre Hopkins right now in ADP. Calvin Ridley. I think Calvin Ridley has more of the going up potential than the going down potential. Jerry Judy looked awesome. Has Mm -hmm. way more upside, I think, right now than DeAndre Hopkins does. Even Christian Watson. Christian Watson is a guy that you like. Right. Going mm-hmm. right around where DeAndre Hopkins is. I think there's just some really interesting questions when you talk about that, because he is 31 years old mm-hmm. on a run first team that has Derrick Henry field. You mentioned Derrick Henry. Mm. Like, is anything going to change this year for the Titans offense? Or are we just going to expect, hey, let's just run it back and let Derrick Henry keep doing Derrick Henry thing. Like, I
0: expect it to be the Derrick Henry show once right? again this year because he's Derrick freaking Henry. There yeah. was a season two years ago where he missed half the year and still had 10 rushing touchdowns and still finished in the top 10 in rush. We keep talking about how targets are more valuable than rushing attempts. Derrick Henry's volume is just so significant that it doesn't even matter. Now he's coming off of a career best year in terms of receiving last season. So we have seen a slight uptick. We'd love for that to continue. The team has some depth behind him. They did use a third round pick on Tajay Spears this past off season, but I don't see a player. That's a real threat to Derrick Henry seeing a massive decrease in volume. And this Titans team, believes they're gonna be better than you believe they will be. Mm-hmm. And their formula is going to be the one they have rid they have ridden, rode. Rided,
2: rode, rided. 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 It's gotta it's ride be rided. It. Ride 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 like, like, that's definitely sure. not it's right, so
0: we'll say it's right. The one yeah. that they have rided in, in recent seasons. Play great front seven football and just beat the crap out of you on offense in the running game. Mm-hmm. And playing in the AFC South allows them to do that and stay in competition for the playoffs this year because they have four games against the Colts and the Texans, two teams that could be near the bottom of that conference. Derrick Henry is my RB5 and guess what? That required about, I don't know, Three milliseconds of thought. Spot, yeah. Like, okay, Derrick Henry, RB5, <laughs> next. Who's RB6? Yeah,
2: the only uh, major... Well, first of all, I, there's uh, probably two uh, red flags here. One is I have them ranked dead last offensive line-wise. I, I have big questions about the A lot of changes line, this offensive line. Yeah, but if there's a running back that can overcome that, it's yeah, certainly it's Derek Derrick Henry. So yeah. Yeah, they actually time. might
0: play Derrick Henry at line and running back you at do the do same time things. somehow.
2: Yeah. Um, absolutely. And the other thing is, over the last decade, there's been one running back, age 29 or older, to finish top 10 in fantasy points, that was Cordell Patterson, of all people, a few years ago. Naturally. Of course. Yeah, of course, of course like, it was Cordell Patterson. Of, cu- of course it was, yeah. after he had, like, none his whole career. Right. Uh, so, you know, age is a thing, but I will say this. I'd be more worried if he didn't have career highs in receiving categories last season. You know where he finished among running backs and receiving yards? I don't, Mike. I'm going to go 20th. 9th? What? I would not have he guessed that. He was ninth at running back. He, yeah, he did have a yards. couple of
0: big, long ones that he yeah. sprung, which yeah. helped, but yeah, still.
2: first he was first in, all, in after, con- after the catch, yards per target, yards per catch. He was number one in all those categories, yeah. so that's a thing now and that's huge i mean if he can get to 35 40 catches it's going to be a huge we also use
0: maybe. this and i know mike you agree with me when i said it, it was travis kelsey we were discussing i'm going to be a year too late rather than a year, a year too early yeah, on the I demise and king henry yeah. you have deserved uh you have earned that because you have helped a lot of us to many fantasy championships mm-hmm. over the past half decade
1: hey and i i can't be the only person that feels like when i'm looking at derrick henry and i understand the age i also know for the fact that like he didn't play nearly as that's much right. at the beginning of his career which yep. gives me a little bit more contract season for him too hey love that mike mm-hmm. let's talk about chig okonkwo if Love you want him. to wait on one of the tight ends this is a guy super young there was a lot of excitement about him last year how do we look at him this year
2: yeah i like him as a, a one of those late round flyers again especially if you're in that you know ingram and yep. uh whatever schultz area you take yep. one of those guys you to take a guy cool, with a higher ceiling uh, okonkwo barely played last season even after he started seeing the field he only played 30 he was only on the field for 37 percent of the pass plays three and a half targets per game But from week nine on, he was fifth at tight end in receiving yards. Again, he much like I just talked about, uh, you know, in terms of Henry's receiving, Okonko was like top three at at tight end and like all those efficiency categories. So no more, no more Austin Hooper. He should be the number one guy. Everything looks positive. He's a good athlete, has good size. He's a he's a fun little late late round flyer.
0: There was exactly one tight end that was in the top 25 in yards per catch last season. It was Chico Conquo, who Mike just mentioned He did not play a whole lot, but his big play potential was incredible. Of his 32 catches, seven of them went for at least 20 yards. He has a big play waiting to happen. If that volume ticks up, he is one of the chalkiest, but deservedly chalkiest breakout players in the tight end spot.
1: All right. The Houston Texans last year were, it's hard to say this, worse than even the Indianapolis Colts. They were three Thirteen and one last. They just season. weren't quite bad enough. They didn't get the number one <laughs> overall quite. pick. How great was that, Levy Smith? Just trolling his team like that with the
0: final yeah, final game, making sure they get that W. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. I have a lot of thoughts on that, but I'll table them because mm-hmm. um, yeah. You know what? Do you want to table them, Field? No, just quickly. Just like I just feel bad because that's a really, really, really big step backwards. Winning that game in Week 18, mm-hmm. they they paid a big freight. And Will Anderson and C.J. Stroud could end up being awesome hall of fame players but they could have also had bryce young or or cj Stroud mm-hmm. without paying a full freight because that will anderson trade paying that massive premium including their 2024 first round pick was not for will anderson it was for cj stroud and will yeah, anderson, anderson right it was let's make everybody in the building happy that was my interpretation of it at
2: least. yeah and if it's a if, you know they're still in transition this team is better yep. certainly but they could pick Sixth overall next year, and I have to give that pick away. That's tough. Tremendous,
0: tremendous value for the Arizona Cardinals. Let's talk about this team, though, just for the fantasy perspective.
1: Basically one starter here, right? One guy that we are really excited about in fantasy. And I don't know if we're really excited, but we do like Damian Pierce, who last year was really nice as a rookie. Question is, what's he going to look like this year in a C.J. Stroud-led offense that we think is not going to be all that
0: good? Can I ask you, Mike, because I I think I have it pegged appropriately, but I would be curious if you see it differently here. Damian Pierce is good. Yeah, it was yeah. really, really effective as a runner last year on a bad offense, got pretty good passing game utilization as well. 30 catches last season, did miss a little bit of time, obviously due to injury as well. So he checked a couple of the correct boxes. My biggest question about Damian Pierce is that entirely new offense and one who has roots in the San Francisco offense. And what do we know about the 49ers? A lot of Other than bats. when they have Christian McCaffrey on their roster, they like to rely on on a lot of players. They added Devin Singletary this offseason. Could Damian Pierce have less of a workhorse role? That's why I have him as RB twenty three as opposed to a little bit more optimistic. How do you feel?
2: Yeah, a lot of I like him a lot. I've targeted him in a lot of drafts. I just like where he's going in yeah. that fifth, sixth round. Um, yeah, a lot of volume last year, almost seventeen carries and just over three targets per game. They bring in Devin Singletary, one of the most reliable running backs in the league, very mm-hmm. effective the past couple of years. Doesn't miss time. The yeah. yeah. Pierce's like his rushing efficiency was average you could blame some of that on the offense and the offensive line his receiving efficiency was horrific right mm-hmm. he barely delivered in that department yeah, it was just that's something five else. yards per catch yeah. yeah and that could be something that's better as well in mm-hmm. this offensive stroud's even just okay like an upgrade on what they had uh last season so um again i think that volume can go down a little bit he takes a leap in his second year the efficiency is better i like the offensive line i know they're dealing with a right tackle injury with titus with howard, titus yeah. howard. Once he, he's only expected to miss a few games. So I think the O-line is better. Shaq, uh, uh, Mason was a big addition at guard there as well. So yeah, be like what the they're doing, I think sure. the offense yeah. will be a little bit better and that should be good news for Pierce. So again, I you know, I'm, wow, I'm like five, six spots higher than you guys. Wow. Yeah, you are more yeah, optimistic. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I, I like him.
1: I am, I am just nervous because I think this offense is not going to be great led by CJ Stroud. Although CJ Stroud was not a big runner. Is that correct? No, he, he was
2: not, not at
0: Ohio State, but that might've been more about, The fact that he didn't need to be Mm -hmm. like, he's a, he's a, he's a very reasonable, he's He's not Justin Fields as far as Ohio state quarterbacks are concerned, but he's, he's definitely a better runner than his production showed this past season. Um, I also remind people all the time that when you're looking at quarterback rushing stats in college, if you take a sack for seven yards, you lose seven rushing yards. So you always got to factor in that. The rushing statistics are never quite as emblematic of how good a player actually is at rushing the football.
2: Yeah, I think his scramble rate was pretty low. Too. It was I mean, low. Didn't, yeah, didn't and there was
0: some, you know, down. there was it was, is it the system? Is it the yeah, fact yeah. that you know this guy's gonna be a top two pick next year? We gotta protect him a little bit, right? right? Like you know, you have to be part of the dance that college programs do is looking out for their guy's future, because if you do wrong by a player, it's going to have a negative impact on recruiting in the next wave of players that you have on your roster.
2: But we could probably agree this is not like Josh Allen. It might be like it could be like Herbert or Burrow rushing numbers. Yeah, that, but that's, probably that's a good. That's a good like analogy. Josh Allen or yep, certainly not Anthony Richardson. Yep. We'll yeah, totally. <laughs> totally agree.
1: Is there anybody else on this offense that is even worth drafting? There are two names that come to mind, yeah. and it's Nico Collins and it's Dalton Schultz. But, mm-hmm. yeah. but but they're like really really low down the draft board as a part of that. Mike, uh, how do you feel about? adding either of those two pieces to your team
2: i like uh yeah i'm fine with that with both of those guys i mean nico collins has dealt with really poor quarterback play it's been a big problem so he could conceivably be (laughs) should be their number one receiver so i'm fine with that uh devin singletary's another one i'll throw in there again i just mentioned him he's been good he's fine to put on your bench if uh, also a lot of insurance value if something happens to damian pierce but here's a fun one too john mechie right uh this guy you'd love to see it wouldn't you Almost one quarter of Alabama. Is Alabama good at college football? Is that a good it offense? Depends on the year. Yeah, oh, it does wow. it though? It yeah. Does it though? No, it does it not. It? No, no it are. doesn't. <laughs> Almost one quarter of their targets in 2021 went yeah. to John Mechie. This guy was a really good prospect coming mm-hmm. in. Was a second round pick. Battled and, and defeated leukemia last year. Yeah, incredible. He's back. Everything yeah. looks good. He's 100%. I mean... This guy could be a really good NFL football player, totally, and yeah. he's free in drafts. Yep, like, free. I, I love him, especially in deeper leagues as a late flyer. If he's the real deal, it's going to pay off.
0: Yeah, it feels like there's a very different representation of what maybe John Mechie is versus Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz is like the probably like safe play, right? Mechie yeah. is the free dart throw that might have 15 catches this year, but if he has 60 catches this year, you'll be looking like a genius in your draft. Dude. Yeah,
2: exactly. That's why I said that. Because it's like if this we can play this back and I'll look really and smart because I said that and yeah. everyone will just forget well, about did it. Did you
0: know if was... that if you name every player in the NFL as a sleeper and a bust, that at the end of the year you'll have the receipts? Well, that's what
2: we're doing when we're when our time's up here, I'm just gonna go through and say, My favorite sleeper this year and just list like every player. My favorite And then thing I can is, just play them back. It's
1: gonna be when we when we look back at the receipts, it's gonna be Mike in a burgers and fries. <laughs>
2: <shirt. laughs> oh, I'm um, absolutely they're like, Yeah, look at this clown wearing this shirt. Right. But he's really smart hey, though. Man, I mean, it, that's what he got, matters. He got literally all of these right. Oh man! <laughs> all right,
0: so nothing else on the Texans, right?
2: I don't think so. Right, I would. I'm I am
0: taking the Jaguars to win this division. Oh wow! Okay, who are you take? I am too. That yeah. was some disagreement. From well, Daniel.
1: I was just going I was gonna go backwards because I think it's when we start at the top. It's like obviously that team feels like the best team. Yep. So I want to do this. All right. I am looking at these guys, these teams right now. You've got the Jaguars nine and eight. 10 win projection are you going over or under on 10 wins field
0: for the jaguars yeah um i will go like um you know i'm like i'm learning on the fly my projection so mine have them at 10.17 really wins. Cool. wow yeah.
2: that's nonsense i'm actually under i'm at 9.0 but that's enough to win the division i think this division is just going to be poor that's
0: the most normal projection ever from yeah. you 9.0 pr- okay
2: it's probably like nine point zero one four three eight two, but <laughs> 9.0 pi. Yeah, yeah, that's basically, basically, yes. Uh, So I'm like a full game under, but the AFC, I cannot stress this enough is ridiculously good. good. Not Not only ten or eleven of the top thirteen teams are in the AFC. It's a good call. I'm
0: gonna go with nine. I'll go under, and here's the reason why. They get the first place schedule. They won the division last year, so Mm -hmm. they play the other division winners, Chiefs, Bills, uh, and who won the AFC North? Bengals. So that's three games that like, you know, counter that to Tennessee, who was playing the second place teams and nothing those are total scrubs, but a little bit different.
1: Colts have an over-under of six and a half wins. Mike Clay, Anthony Richardson at the helm, six and a half mm. over-under.
2: I can't believe, I, I guess that I just, I don't like the Colts, like, at all. Like, yeah. I'm really down on them, but I'm at 6.9, so I'm actually yeah. a little over. Nice. nice. <laughs> I'll go
1: under. You're going under on that one? Yeah, yeah I, I don't blame you. I think, too. I can't believe, I don't know. I would what not what bet that over. Yeah. Let's bet yeah. that yeah. way. Okay. It's all close. Right. Uh, how about the Titans? Titans' win projection is seven and a half field, over-under on 7 over and a Over-eight. Eight.
2: Mm, I'm under. I'm at seven point two. Wow! Yeah. I think I'm going to go under, under not as like well. This
1: division. I just think it's really good. And then the Texans six and a half wins. I'm, I'm going to go under there. Under uh, six I will three. go
0: under as well. They're going to be nasty on. Mark my words here. Clip this off for social, Jackson. The Texans are going to be nasty on defense this year. Absolutely nasty oh, under really? Demeco Ryan's I, like I can't wait down. to see this defense this year. All right, all
1: right, Field. Hey, what's coming up next week that we need to know about?
0: We have a fantasy football marathon. Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, things kick off. We've got fantasy football now. How about this? On ESPN. ESPN, that's right, ESPN 1. There it is. Fantasy football now, 7 to 11. Bam. Tuesday, we've got a Sports Center special at 5 p.m., also on ESPN. Tuesday at 7 p.m., we have the fantasy football draft, 7 to 10 Eastern Time. As you guys know, always lots of fun. The draft is always the highlight of the entire marathon, and people are wondering. Can't wait to see the draft. Who's in it? What's the draft order? Tyler better not be
2: there. That's all we I'm saying. Can wow. we, can
0: we, we can confirm. I believe we, we mean, have the draft order to reveal. Are you being told that we do yes, not? We, we do. We have the draft Here order. It is coming order. in hot. All all right. draft know, hey, so the draft order for the fantasy name. football marathon is as follows. Number 10. There we go. Diana Rossini. Always tons of fun with Diana. She took Evan Ingram in like the second round a few years ago, <laughs> and she might go back for more. Number nine in the draft order. Me. what? what? Number nine. I am taking. taking? Uh, I will probably. Um, Kevin Huber, not a bad pick right there. Um, Justin I'm Tucker. TJ Yates. Ooh, Justin Tucker. Yeah, that's a good one right there. Um, I'm going to go with Travion Williams, number nine. All right, all right. All right. Who we
1: got at the number eight spot? Number eight spot? The
0: Mike Lee is Mike Who are Wow.
1: I'm not telling you. A lot What's of sniping that's, that's going to happen right, right now Bell. between Mike and the Good
0: Burger, number seven. Drafting back
1: and forth. All right. Oh. Seventh, oh, seventh, that's it. seventh no, that's overall. Seventh overall. Yeah, that's the end of the draft. Only care yeah, up to Mike, guys. It's AI.
0: The rest awesome. of the draft is AI. Yeah. Number seven, Stefania Bell. Stefania will be back on this show, by the way, on Monday. Can't wait to see Stefania number six is... Number six is Daniel Dodd. Oh, right. right. Who are you taking, Daniel? Right in
1: the middle of the draft. Yeah, I think no. that's going to be the spot where I've got to decide, do I want to go running back or one of those wide receivers that may have fallen yeah, down? Man. That'll Daniel be interesting. Daniel confirmed
0: taking a kicker. Then
1: number five. Number five on the list, Kevin, Kevin Agondi. Wow, yeah, we got right. celebs. All right, Kevin's
0: definitely taking... Uh, he's taking Boston Scott, number five but we're yeah, all Number four. Sure, like that. Eric, Eric Moody. Moody. Eric Moody, our Eric guy. Moody. The dulcet tones of Eric Moody. Yeah, yeah. Number three is... Adam Shefty. Schefter. Sources tell us that Schefter knew he had picked number three three months ago and has kept it a secret. He's wow. going to file that to ESPN. soon. number two is... Liz, Liz Loza, Loza, the great Liz Loza, who will be back on this show at some point as well. Uh, we know she's hoping for McCaffrey and there, too. Number right. one, who will it be? Anita wow. Marks. Who, here's what I can confirm with Anita. Whoever she is taking number one overall, you will she know will be, yes. because it will be on her T-shirt <laughs> right. when the That's show right. begins. So if Anita walks out <laughs> with a Justin Jefferson T-shirt, I am telling you, she is taking Justin Jefferson over number one overall.
2: I did her radio show the other day, and she kept teeing up players that she really liked. And I was like, I just like wrote about... I, my ultimate draft board piece comes out on monday and it was like player after player. we're all tar- we're both targeting all the same players oh wow so it's very important that we are not drafting next to each other so perfect That okay worked out nice for me awesome so it's big
0: uh big. good stuff there so there's the full order 10 to 1 can't wait for the marathon ton Again, of fun. 7 p.m eastern time uh, on espn they're we're putting like on espn rounds, right? it's
2: gonna be a long one uh, a
0: good, pff, we got three 12, hours 14. so we'll yeah. t- maybe 20 rounds picks. we'll go deep we will end up drafting backup quarterbacks in that draft. Oh, I hope so. That was fun, uh, Mike. You are back tomorrow. I'm back tomorrow. If you have me,
2: if you want me here, I don't know what I'm going to wear at this all right, point. Put I on the ball. Right, yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, Tomorrow we'll all come. I don't know what we're going to wear.
2: It's a tomorrow. bit over. It's a bit over. Know. It yeah, might be over. Yeah. You
0: know something? It's nice to know when something's running its course. You let us know on social. I'd rather <laughs> go out. Over? You know, we talked about being a year too early or a year too late on Travis Kelsey and Derrick County. I'll be a day too it's early on right, right, running a bit into the ground. So tomorrow we'll wear whatever the heck we feel like for Mike and daniel i am field talk to you guys tomorrow we'll have a mock draft that we will be revealing yes. a lot of fun yesterday can't wait to see who took who where who took who where i don't know what that means was that accurate
1: or no under underwear i was trying to do an underwear thing but it never Samper happened Ruby, uh, sabubi, right you know what i mean poor effort rats what do you mean poor effort you didn't even put in an effort i was
2: did you see the shirt i wore today
1: you hear that today's National Lazy Day? I could tell by your performance, Mike. Wow! Whoa,
2: says the guy with just a white shirt on. I, it was I, playing yeah. for the bit. <laughs> He's a NASCAR guy with a basement shrine, a Lakeford fan for life. Charges are off to a terrible start, but that won't change his mind.
1: Matching up all the cornerbacks. Touchdown, regression, and weekly stats. But if your team falls flat, he's
0: the one to blame. He's a brainiac, brainiac on the case. With projections that can put us in first place. He's a
1: brainiac, brainiac. He's my Clay.
0: Two guys drove to work.